Welcome to Whatever Works, Practical Toolbox for Navigating the Authentic Child. I'm your host, Lori Devino, and first of all, I want to wish everyone a happy Cinco de Mayo. Um, hope you get your opportunity to get some awesome tacos and margaritas as age permits. Um, anyway, I just wanted to talk a little bit about why um, I wanted to create this podcast and what we hope to accomplish in doing it. Uh, first of all, this podcast I envisioned being a forum for sharing insights and discussions on topics related to child rearing. Um, so if you're a parent, a guardian, a relative, or caregiver, nanny, this podcast is for you. We're going to talk about um, experiences, what has worked, and um, tips and techniques to kind of help create a child that is happy and healthy and um, authentic. And um, next week we will go into more talking about what it actually means to be an authentic child. Um, So I'm very much looking forward to um, having this platform in a very loving space and um, open and vulnerable discussions. And I think that's one thing that is kind of undervalued in working with children is that I think sometimes we feel we have to be just this voice of authority and know everything and um, I think communicating to the kids you're working with or the kids you parent you know that sometimes you don't have all the answers and you guys are a team and you want to work it out together is a great thing. Um, I just want to take a minute to kind of give you a little background on myself. I am the oldest of six children, and um, since I can remember, I've uh, kind of always had this undertone um, of working with children, caring for children, um, and just absolutely find that their spirits and their lights are delightful and bright, and just, in they're like my favorite people to be around. I mean, and dogs, but, you know, dogs are just kind of fur babies. So for children, nonetheless. Um, But yeah, I'm the oldest of six kids and grew up in a house where my mom had some health issues and so was kind of baptism by fire, kind of forced into this role of helping to care and nurture younger siblings. And they're all alive. You know, some of them say, good thing you learned how to cook because then we made it. Um, So... Yeah, just lots and lots of experience. And then um, in the most recent history, I've, you know, had other careers as well, but in the most recent history, uh, being a child care provider professionally and had the opportunity to get to know and connect and interact with thousands and thousands of children. And so it gives you great insight as into, as just how many like personalities and if you have more than a couple children or work more, have worked with more than a couple children, you know everyone is absolutely unique and there isn't this magic formula that what one thing works for one, it'll work for the other because um, it's all about like finding that connection and, and figuring out what is going to help that child um, and, you know, establish boundaries and that type of thing. Uh, but, uh, so anyway, back to, I was thinking this today about some 
kind of stories about being, you know, an authentic child and think back to some of the stories of my childhood. And I always just love and adore my grandma. She was, I would spend, I think my mom like could not handle me because I was, I, I tell the kids that I nanny, I was like, I was the kid that did everything like jump off roofs. We light fires. I once filled my dad's motorcycle with water thinking that I was going to help him make more gas because I figured gas was like Kool-Aid. So just very industrious and curious and active child. And I had had, I think, at least a couple concussions by the time I was four or five because by three years old, I was riding a bike. And I think back then they didn't have helmets or they weren't a thing. So um, it re I remember that my mom was looking for me and I had somehow hit a tree and knocked myself unconscious and was just kind of laying by the side of the road. And I can't remember if I was like four, but very young. So anyway, just a super active child. So I always joke with the kids that I'm working with. I was like, well, I kind of invented that. Like anything that you think you can do that you think you're going to get away with, I've probably done it. And that's why, you know, my purpose in life is to help kids do better and be better. And, um, but anyway, so funny. So very, you know, you think about all of your independent spirit and, um, back to my grandma, I, you know, would spend summers with her and absolutely loved and adored her. She's just a kind gentlewoman and way ahead of her time. Like she was juicing and doing yoga. I mean, this was in the late seventies, early eighties. And, and she was all about like no one, no one else had a grandma that turned orange from drinking too much carrot juice. She was just on top of the most recent trends, but she was definitely, um, decades ahead of her time. And she was just, I remember she had this amazing green leather couch and my grandpa and, um, and he was retired and he was older when my mom was born like 57. And so he was retired and was just our full-time buddy when we would go up and spend the summers with him and, you know, developed a love of baseball because he was a baseball player and, and had a passion for that and just such, such fond memories. But one of the things that really stuck in my mind with my grandmother is that I was always like any task, you know, my mom and my grandma would try to help me and, and I would always say, no, I'll do it myself. And my grandma would always say, she goes, you were the first liberated woman that I ever met. And you know, that's at age three or four and just to be so independent and I do it myself, I'll figure it out myself. Um, just kind of was one of those things that I was born with and and for those of you that have or work with independent children, you know that's just, they are made that way. Um, and it's it's such a interesting and kind of a, you know, challenge and opportunity to figure out how to best work with children that have such fiery spirits. But um, you will definitely never be bored because we do, I think even into adulthood, keep things very, very exciting. I wanted to talk a little bit about how unique and beautiful each and every one of us is. Um, one of my favorite authors and really my salvation during my 20s into 30s, I was 
going through a lot of transition in my life. I had been raised in the LDS church and I was um, phasing out of that and, you know, kind of finding my own alignment and path and started reading Wayne Dyer's books. And one of the most beautiful um, aspects, and I need to remember which book it was, um, you know, all the, the um, lessons are kind of coagulated in, you know, one knowledge blump, if you would call it that, but was, you know, he had also kind of gone through a very traumatic childhood. He'd been, had an abusive father and, and was placed in an orphanage and, and you just, a lot of trials and challenges. And he was just feeling defeated, which I could totally understand and relate with. And in one of his books, he talks about how before he came to this planet, um, you know, earth, and was in spirit form, how he and God had sat down and had a discussion about what challenges and gifts that his soul wanted to learn. And, you know, just wrapping my head around the fact that if I was going through a challenge or a trial or something that was really just pushing me to my limit, that it was something that on some spiritual or cosmic level that I had agreed to and then the the focus changed from kind of this self-pity like why is all this stuff happening to me you know it's not fair none of my other friends are having to go through this and you you know you do I think as humans get into this kind of comparative suffering aspect and and it doesn't help anybody but you just you know start to compare and then you don't feel like you measure up or, or having the childhood experience that other people are having. So it, it really does affect you. But um, once I kind of was able to digest that, that I had on some level chosen these challenges and experiences, my whole mindset shifted from, you know, why is this happening to me to, okay, I obviously signed up for a lesson and I want to figure out what that lesson is post haste. Um, so I can learn it, and I want to figure out what I need to learn and move on and grow and do all these things. Um, so it just kind of really changed my mentality as far as like how I dealt with stuff that uh, that challenges in life were just that they were challenges, they were lessons. You know, we're not like, oh, you're a good person or you're a bad person. It's like, this is a challenge. You're going to get stronger. You're going to get tougher. You're going to be able to handle more and just really change that mentality. Um, the other aspect that it really sounds, <clears throat> excuse me, really sounds weird, but I think a lot of the children's movies and, you know, working with children, you get to see a lot of these movies all the time or multiple times to the point that you're like, I could recite that in my sleep. Um, but one of my favorite movies that I recommend to kids is Meet the Robinsons. And I absolutely just adore how um, Lewis, the character, um, you know, he is confronted. He keeps trying these science projects and trying and trying and failing and failing. Um, and, you know, you just, you can just tell that he's just feeling downtrodden and, and, you know, like, and he's an orphan on top of it, you know, so there's all those things on top of, you know, having, you know, 
striving and trying to succeed and have a success. And he feels that, you know, if he can be good enough, then he'll be loved. And if he can do good enough, then he'll be loved. And I think um, how many of us relate to that, that all this, it's like, oh, if I'm perfect or if I do all these things, then I'm worthy of love. And that was another huge lesson for me is that, you know, you don't have to do anything. Just your simple existence is worthy of love. And the other aspect of that film that I absolutely adored was that when he found his family, his tribe, um, that, you know, he transports to the future. His son comes, you have to watch it if you haven't, it's phenomenal. And, um, he finds his tribe and, you know, sees his successes in the future. And one of the aspects and key kind of foundations for his family and his tribe is that they celebrate failures. And I thought, what an amazing lesson to take whatever we're learning and saying, you know what, you tried, you did it. Let's work it out and try again. And that just kind of to pull that shame out of not succeeding uh, the first time. And I do love the acronym for fail. It's first attempt in learning and kind of shifting the mentality. And I think, you know, especially with working with kids, just to provide that unconditional love and that foundation of love and acceptance, then they can have that opportunity to grow and know that they have that safeness to fall back on. And, you know, loving arms that support them and say, hey, you, you did such a good job. And, you know, even if you didn't win the gold medal, you tried and, you know, keep working and do hard and keep at it and you'll get there. But um, one of my most recent favorite authors is Brene Brown. And she talks about, you know, just kind of that colloquio that we have in our brain that, is constantly our driving force and our self-talk and how much of that is driven by shame. And she's an amazing um, professor, author, researcher, and studies shame. And it, if you haven't read or like watched her TED Talk, anything phenomenal will blow your socks off. And it really just kind of pulls the lid off the can of everything I think that as a society, we've been hiding and, and like, oh, I can't let people know, um, you know, there's just this whole overtone of shame just in our society and, and kind of being aware of it, figuring out how to dissolve it, um, or work around it and, you know, change that positive self-talk so that we, you know, we're, are back to like meet the Robinsons where we're, you know, celebrating our failures and, and, you know, being vulnerable and saying, you know what, I don't have all the answers, but we're going to figure it out together and, you know, grow and become happier, healthier people. So in creating this podcast, as I mentioned, Brene Brown um, was one of like the inspirations and driving forces um, because in reading her books and hearing her books, uh, you know, I kind of was empowered to lose this whole idea of shame and, and I'll preface the story. Like obviously events happen in our childhood that that absolutely affect us. And I think, oh, I must've, yeah, I was around five years old and, um, I think I got gum in my hair or something. 
and my Aunt Benny had given me a little cute little cut, but it was very short because the gum, I guess I'd done a really good job of getting it in there. And my parents had taken me and I think my, I had one brother at the time to Kmart and, you know, Kmart has not been around for a long time, but anyway, I got separated from my parents and was absolutely distraught and upset and, you know, just cried and was crying and, and, you know, the, the sweet people at the store were like, what's your name? And we'll, we'll, you know, put it over the speaker and, you know, we'll get your parents and, you know, explaining to me that, that, that I would be found and I'm crying and, and I'm telling him my name is Lori and they heard Larry and I've always had a low voice. And so they, they're like, Oh, lower voice, short hair. We're going to think that this is a boy. And so over the loudspeaker, they're like, will the parents of Larry, please come get him. Will the parents of Larry. And that even put me into like a bigger meltdown. Cause I was like, my name is Lori and I'm a girl. I'm not a boy. And, you know, was super upset. And this whole thing, you know, the, my voice is my voice and it hasn't changed throughout my life. Um, but, you know, things happen, like even in, you know, junior high and high school, I had a friend and Ginger and I would call and her dad, I could hear him tell her, um, it's, someone's on the phone for you, but I think it's a, a boy pretending to be a girl. And so these little experiences add up and even, you know, in dating and talking, you know, one guy was convinced that I was transgender and I was like, oh my gosh, you have no, you've obviously never met a transgender person because... Like my makeup and hair would be on point and I'm more like, you know, a happy hermit and rarely put on makeup. So you obviously have no understanding. Um, but, you know, those experiences do, they kind of, you know, shed a light and, you know, give you this little self-conscious aspect. And in reading Brene's books and studying her works and, and all those types of, you know, endeavors, I was like, you know what, my voice is my voice and I'm not going to be ashamed of it. You know, and initially I was like, oh, I'm going to record and see what I sound like. And, you know, I even had a friend that, you know, I didn't realize I did it until she mentioned it a few years ago. She's like, you know, when you're around kids and dogs, you kind of go into this high voice and, and sound like Elmo. And I was like, oh, I guess I do. And, um, but it works, you know, if you're like, hey, kid, come here. If you're like, hey, kid, come here. You know, the higher voice is friendly and obviously Elmo works because he's been around for like almost 50 years and, you know, it's effective and it gets their attention. And so just naturally had developed into kind of this falsetto to be able to communicate with kids. But yeah, to do this podcast is a huge step for me because I am very self-conscious of my voice and was just like, you know, throw caution to the wind and to Wanda and let's do it. And so, um, very excited again to participate in this and, and grow with you. And I will post a voicemail link. So if you have comments and insights or stories that you would like to share, we can include those in the podcast too, because I really do envision this as being a safe place, a community forum to, you know, share and help each other out because it really absolutely does take at least one, if not multiple villages to help 
raise a child. And I think that all of those people inputting, you know, just adds to the, the depth and complexity of a child. And I think like a child is a tapestry. The more experiences and, and people that they can have exposure to, you know, it adds just depth and complexity and makes just such a more interesting and amazing person. Um, all, you know, definitely while letting them shine their light and be who they are, which is just such an amazing um, gift to give to children is to just let them be authentic and who they are. And again, next week we will talk on that. Um, anyway, again, my name is Lori DeVino and looking forward to sharing this podcast with you. And um, that is my dog because she likes to comment. Um, so yeah, I hope you have a happy Cinco de Mayo. And I, before I sign off, I want to remind you, you are loved, you are valued, you are important and irreplaceable. Make it an amazing day. Thank you.